I said, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. It's about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Join movement expert Aaron Alexander as he dives into the minds of the foremost innovative healthcare thinkers and movement masters on their approach to optimal health and wellness. Align Podcast. You can think about thinking. And the moment you can think about thinking, you can think whether your thinking was right or not. Did it come off? Was it, did I do the right thinking? Then you start to worry. Then you start to worry about the kind of thinking you are doing about thinking. And so builds up our peculiar human anxiety. When these creatures that are not self-conscious behave, they behave spontaneously. They just go zoom, zowie, and do what they have to do. And so if it doesn't work, they die. But they don't worry about it in advance. That's that. Magnificent, you see. And human beings have a faint memory, kind of archaic, sort of collective unconscious, Jungian-style feeling that uh, there was a time when we didn't have to worry. Welcome back to Lime Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander, and in today's beautiful episode, I got to chat with Mr. Chris Gillibo from The Art of Nonconformity, a radical guy. I've been following his work for a while and greatly appreciate what he's putting out there. Um, he is a best-selling author of, what did he write? The Art of Nonconformity, The $100 Startup, uh, recent book, uh, Born for This. I think there's another one in there as well. In this conversation, we get into a wide variety of topics in relation to travel, for one, and some aspects of that experience that many of us may not be thinking about. Um, get into what the art of nonconformity really is all about and how we can start applying that to our lives, separating ourselves from the standard mold, I think would be in all of our favors. I don't think that our work should be like a means to an end, basically. And I know you, I know you believe this too. Like, you know, we spend a third of our lives, most of us, like doing this thing called work, this thing called career, whether it's called a job or something else, like whatever it is. So a third of your life is a long time to spend doing something that you either hate or you just kind of put up with or tolerate in order to get to that 45 minutes or whatever the thing is. Thank you so much for tuning into the website, aligntherapy.com, A-L-I-G-N therapy.com. On there, you'll find hundreds of free videos on self-care and functional movement. You will find the self-care kit, which is a hollow foam roller inside uh, our two different myofascial release balls, elastic band, and a uh, door anchor. So you can adjust the height of that band, decompress various joints, get your exercise on, all those things. And there's screw-in lids as well, so all that goes inside. Um... What else is going on here? I recently upped my pretentious game significantly. I've got a Prius, and a part of this purchase was uh, kind of just, again, something that I've been talking about for a bit. It's just looking at all the different components of my life and seeing what aspects are lagging a bit and uh, what parts are not quite as light and efficient as they possibly could be. And vehicle is just such an obvious thing, especially when you're in freaking America. United States is the most inefficient country by far landfall, uh, or landslide, landfall, landslide, one of those words, um, compared to the rest of the world. Go to Europe and it's like a whole different game in relation to the economy of vehicles. 
we need to catch up in that way. If you are currently not driving a fairly fuel efficient car, I think maybe that is something to look at. Nice quote that I, I like. I don't know who said this one, but uh, wealthy people do not watch their dollars. They watch their dimes. And just think about how that adds up at the end of the year. If you can drive a car that has gets 40 odd miles to the gallon versus one that's getting 20, well, I don't know, do the math. It's a big difference. Anyway, thanks so much for the reviews on iTunes. Greatly appreciated. Um, I love those things. Really, really just awesome. And um, thanks for using the Amazon portal on the website. I really appreciate that. Uh, it's on the right sidebar of the blog and the podcast page. Everybody, please go out there and just bookmark that page. And uh, every time you use Amazon to buy whichever crap you choose, they end up sending the Align Podcast Foundation 6 or 7% or something like that of that purchase. And that is incredibly helpful. Uh, thanks so much for people in Colorado for welcoming so much. That was just great. Uh, I just finished up teaching at the Ancestral Health Symposium and got it, had a great turnout. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in. And I included the intro, not an intro, but a little segment of my new favorite song I've been listening to pretty much repeatedly now i'm starting to finally get tired of it uh it's by, called gold by kiara check this thing out apparently it's already popular i, I just discovered it a few days ago um, super good i will have the whole song at the end of the podcast so tune into that and homework of the week is get butt naked uh turn down the lights a little bit and uh get some dancing go do some weirdness at your house Use this song as a as a, as an instigator stimulus for that. All right, here we go. Back to the show, Mr. Chris Gilbo. I appreciate what you're doing. I, th I think it's awesome. Oh, it's it's thanks. it's that's a big part of what I am kind of shooting for here is, br is bringing health into a bigger sphere than just like this is the exercise you do. This is what you mm -hmm. eat. It's like well, it's also being genuinely stimulated with like waking up in the morning. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. like, are you happy about your day? So I appreciate having more. You know, the more people out there making that movement happen, it's just it's amazing. I'm oh, fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So. Um, one thing that I found kind of interesting is you were in Africa for, what was it, like mm -hmm. four years or something yep. like that? Mm -hmm. So I just got back from Africa. The people that I was hanging out with were mostly Senegalese people, Senegalese and Moroccans. Okay. And yeah. so to me, it was like, it was kind of like my West Africa. That was like one of the big, highest places on my to-do list to go is yeah. Senegal, West Africa, dance mm -hmm. scene. Where, where were you at out there? What was going on up there? Um, I was living on a hospital ship. So I was in Liberia for the most part and Sierra Leone. Uh, Togo, Benin, Ghana, Guinea—I mean, the whole region in Senegal a little bit, but more and more in the poorer countries. So, like the countries right after civil wars. Yeah, uh, and it was a very transformative experience, and it was great. Taught taught me a lot. Right. Yeah, that's so something that I am always kind of interested in with traveling is just how it shapes my perception of my reality here in Little Bend, Oregon, or you know, <laughs> wherever where, where the heck I'm at. So you come back and. It's, you get to actually see what maybe some of your traditions or what your society is just accustomed mm -hmm. to doing. It's like, oh, that's just how everyone is. Like, well, not, mm -hmm. not, not completely. You know, right. 
Was there right. was there anything with with uh, your time out there that kind of was formative with shaping perceptions on anything, or what were your? Yeah, well, I didn't know, really know what to expect. You know, when I went there, I was I was pretty young. I was twenty two, and I didn't really have any skills. You know, I'd always I'd already I had always worked for myself. I had a degree in sociology, but you know, like, what do you do with that? So, right. I went there. And I just wanted to be a part of something. Basically, it was like a post 9-11 experience. It was like, how can I give something, you know, but also challenge myself. It wasn't just about being like sacrificial. It was like, I want to, you know, I'm going to learn through this process, too. So I went there to, to carry boxes around, like, like to manage a warehouse, essentially. And I did that for a year and then ended up, you know, kind of moving up a little bit and working with the host governments that our NGO was working with. And I would travel in advance of the hospital ship and negotiate contracts. And I, I, I just, um, it, it was like, I didn't realize at the time that it was unusual. You know, like I didn't understand it at the time, like I was 23 and I met the president of Liberia and worked with, you know, other cabinet ministers and it just seemed kind of normal. Yeah. So it was like later I get back and I'd be like, Oh, that was actually a pretty amazing thing to do all that stuff. And it, it definitely informed a lot of what came later, like with art of nonconformity. Yeah, that's the biggest thing that I was just talking about with my buddy yesterday and he was I was living with him in this apartment in Morocco on the beach and I was just like, Cody, you got to know that experience was like that was one of the best experiences of my life. At the time it was it was exactly you said very normal. It's very easy yeah. I think to kind of just right. be like, yeah, whatever. One of the things that I've dealt with a lot with traveling is uh, this feeling the balance between, you know, the grass is always greener on the other side kind of thing. So when you're out, it's like, wow, I just really want a home and like a snuggle, you know. And then when you come back, you're like, Albania would be great. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm still the same way. So I've, you know, I've been traveling for 15 years and that hasn't changed. So I don't think it ever will. Right. Yeah. Did you, so you, something that I, a term that I came up with is, is, is ego traveling, which is essentially when people are just like knocking off, trying to check off the list, check off the list, check off the list. I wonder if there was any kind of, kind of like um, dissonance or separation between, you know, your goal of going to every country in the world and you genuinely experiencing and enjoying every aspect of that? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, you know, I, I think a few different things. I think, you know, first of all, the goal came about out of my love of travel. Yeah. It's not like I said from the very beginning, I'm going to do this every country in the world thing. I, I had had that experience in Africa. I had been to maybe 30 other countries. And, you know, that goal was formative out of this experience of, okay, I do love travel, but I also like having a little bit of structure yeah. in my life. I am very goal oriented. And so I put these two things together and that's what I came up with, you know, of like, let's, have, let's pursue the quest. And so I was really attracted to the quest aspect of it. And, you know, as for being ego driven, well, I think we all have ego, like I certainly do. Yeah. And um, it wasn't about like glory or fame or anything like the first half of the project, you know, five years of traveling, it wasn't public at all. I didn't have a blog. I didn't have a social media profile. I wasn't on Facebook. Yeah. You know, I was doing it for myself. And the, the thing about the checking off the list, it's really interesting because that's always like the criticism. But I wrote this book, um, The Happiness of Pursuit, which is about quests. I looked at lots of people's quests and I guess what I saw is there's actually value in like milestones and being able to say like, here's this, here's the goal that I'm working toward. Ultimately it is all about the journey of course, but still it's helpful to have a destination. It's helpful to have these markers, you know, along the way. And so that is kind of checking something off a list. It doesn't mean that you also, you know, don't have value from the experience, from the destination and the culture and such. But for me, like uh, a big part of it was the, the aspect of the quest of like the, the progress, the linear goal, 
and eventually arriving there. So I think it's kind of both. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that having, having deadlines or timelines or goals or all that stuff, it's putting yourself, having some degree of structure allows you to actually create the vision as opposed to always just being fluid parabolas every, <laughs> you know, so was yeah. there, but along with that though, I think there is a balance where you can get to a point where you, you're, st it's kind of like marriage. You know, you, it's like, cool, we signed the contract, we're married, we're together for the rest of our lives. Like, I don't think that's a wise decision if you're not feeling it in 10 years. Mm -hmm. Well, sure, yeah. You know, it's a whole other thing. Right, but I think that there, there is a time where we can sometimes become consumed by this, like, make it happen, make it happen. And then mm -hmm. you get done, and usually there's going to be kind of this vapid feeling of like, well, yeah, okay. True, totally I, true. I, I and I was, that. Yeah, that was a case for me too. Um, definitely at the end, I, was, I definitely kind of went through this melancholy experience of, of yeah, okay, you know, and so, but I don't know if that's that, I don't know if that can be completely avoided. And I also think, well, I certainly have no regrets about doing it, about the quest. And like, I like, I wouldn't trade that for anything, like all those experiences I had. So yeah, if there was a way I could have like sat out that little period of, of depression at the end, that would be great. But like my whole life has, has been changed because of my decision to say yes and pursue this adventure. Yeah. So, you know, no regrets. Right. Yeah. Have you experienced anything in that realm with um, like business development and, and focus? Because it's everything's analogous with everything else. So, you know, so, so wanting yeah. to complete the journey or, you know, whether it's online entrepreneurship or whatever, mm -hmm. whatever it may be. I think there's always still there's a potential this convolution between what genuinely feeds my soul Right. And what the goals that I've created, because I feel like that's what I'm supposed to do. Sure. Well, I think the goal, the goal to use that word, let's yeah. <laughs> maybe take, take out the word, the mission or whatever is right. to actually put those things together. Right. So that actually, yeah, I want to do work that feeds my soul. Um, but I, therefore I have set, you know, goals that align with that, yeah. you know, great word. Right. So, um, so that there's not dissonance. I mean, that, that is, I think what we're, what we're striving toward. And so, um, as for business development, I, I don't actually think I have really built like, you know, a scalable business. I haven't built like I, I actually really respect people who have like just done this one thing and they have focused on it. They've said no to lots of other things because that's what they really believe in. I think that's great. I actually think it's very admirable. But for me, just my personality, I was always drawn to doing lots of different things. Yeah. And I like to, tra to travel. I like the quest. I like entrepreneurship. And I liked you know, being in control of my destiny, my freedom, my autonomy, all that kind of stuff. And so that wasn't compatible with just doing one thing, basically. Right. And so I had to find a way to to create this life and work structure that that worked for me, basically. And for me, it was like, eventually, I found this integration between things between business and the travel goal and writing and all that. But um, it wasn't like I had this very specific, like tightly tuned niche or niche that I that I knew I was going to go into. Yeah. And so your most recent book, uh, Born for This, that's how you call it, right? I, I swear to God, I have a copy of it. And um, I really enjoyed reading it. And one of the things that, like I, I had mentioned previously, it's like, it's easy to think the only way to access to health is through buying the pill or doing you know, the perfect routine or whatever it is. But just, you know, joie de vie, like, like genuine stimulation with your life. And it's, we spend 40, 60 hours a week doing something that doesn't necessarily serve us or doesn't necessarily feed our soul. And yeah. then we expect to be able to pack the soul time into like that 
45 minute yoga session or whatever it is. Right, it's like, that's right. not, it's not cutting it. Right. Right. I mean, that, and that's what people have done, you know, in lots of different ways. And that's what we all know people who do that, but you know, that sucks. First of all, like, that's not the goal, you know, that's not like to, to, I don't think that our work should be like a means to an end basically. And I know you, I know you believe this too. Like, you know, we spend a third of our lives, most of us like doing this thing called work, this thing called career, whether it's called a job or something else, like whatever it is. So a third of your life is a long time to spend doing something that you either hate or you just kind of put up with or tolerate in order to get to that 45 minutes or whatever the thing is, you know? So, and so in the end of the day, it's, you know, were you smiling is the most important thing. It doesn't matter what the heck you did. You could have been like, you know, throwing bays or bales of hay, bales of hay. And if you genuinely enjoyed that experience and it's, it's good, Mm -hmm. you know, I agree. I agree. I think to me, it's like, it's not so much about happiness as it is about purpose and like being able to say like, okay, you know, today mattered to me. And people are, are always going to have this different answer. Like, you, you know, your answer of what today matters to you may be different from, you know, one of the listeners or from me. But I always want to look back and say like, yes, you know, today, like fundamentally, it actually mattered because I got closer to something that I believe in, because I invested in relationships that are important to me, because I smiled, because I, you know, had a good time or whatever it is, like whatever these values are, yeah. I want to be able to say like every day or at least most days, like we're all going to have a bad day, yeah. but I don't want the bad day to become the norm. I want the norm to be like, yes, today mattered. And then the question comes, what, at what point with what I witness with my, with myself is oftentimes these values, you know, these archetypes that we want to live up to, you know, it's like, cool, sweet. I did smile a lot today. I was very generous. I did, but was it, a genuine coming from a genuine, you know, the depths of the ocean or was it just kind of trying to fit into that mold? And I think oftentimes with really highly successful people, a lot of the most successful people are the most tormented people and they are just filling this bottomless void with another business, another, you know, woman, another, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Is that Mm -hmm. something that you've witnessed with other people? Something that you've witnessed with any of your own development or is, do you feel like that's resonant with anything? Yeah, no, it's fair. I think uh, that's why it's so important to define your own success, to just decide for yourself, like, okay, here's what success looks like, as opposed to like following someone else's example, or here's what I think it's supposed to be. Because maybe those people who are like, you know, just kind of filling this space with another project, maybe that makes them happy, you know, but maybe it doesn't. So if they're just doing it because that's what they know how to do, then, then maybe that's a problem. I mean, I tend to fill a lot of space with, with projects. If I have free time, I'm like, what am I going to do next? You know, what am I going to build and what am I going to make? But I know I'm, I'm kind of wired that way and I'm motivated to, to, to make things and, and to create things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same way with, with that. Whereas the more free time that I, I have, the more all of a sudden the monkeys start doing weird things and I'm like, Oh my God, who am I? What's the point of any of this? Oh God. And, <laughs> have you ever tried to challenge that or push that with yourself of like, you know what, I'm just going to, mm-hmm. I'm not going to do anything. What's that? Yeah. It's a great, it's a great idea. Um, I mean, I've certainly thought about it, you know, this whole concept of, of balance and free time and hobbies. Um, but I just haven't, I haven't really figured it out yet myself. I don't know. Me neither. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. I, I don't know. So is it a problem that I have to solve? Like, is it something that I, I don't know. Do I need to like force myself to, learn to play golf or whatever that thing is, you know, I don't know. Yeah. 
<laughs> do you have something in your so i do uh african dance is something okay. that, I, that i do yeah. and there was cool. i was just reading this study in relation to increasing dhea and natural killer cells and all this bs from listening to drums and moving to that it's like uh -huh. yes of course you know it's like integrating music dancing smiling makes you healthier yeah but there's this feeling that i get when i'm connecting in that way and dancing and fully congruent with the music Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm completely disassociated from who I yeah. think I am or I'm supposed okay. to be. And it's uh -huh. just that connection with that. Yeah. And those moments, I feel like I could die kind of, and it would be kind of okay. Maybe I'm like going off the deep end here, but <laughs> do you know what, I'm, is there anything in, in your reality that you've kind of been like, yeah, this is kind of a thing that it feels like I'm connecting with something bigger than myself. It, it sounds like you've kind of found this flow state, you know, this state of like immersion and the state of coming alive and that. Um, I don't have like a dance thing. I, I, I really enjoy, like we were talking briefly when we started about uh, WDS, I produce these events every year. And uh, for six years now, we've been bringing like, you know, thousands of people together in Portland. And it's so much work. It's so much work, like in the lead up. And then like every year, I'm kind of like, why am I doing this again? Because like, this is not a money making endeavor. It takes me away from lots of stuff. And then we actually do it. And then like all these people come to town and like, I'm like so happy about it. I'm just like, I'm immersed in it and I work all the time on it, but it's so great because I feel like we've actually made something that, that matters. So I feel that with that way and maybe a more personal ego driven thing would be um, just a lot of the travel that I do. I like to get on planes and fly for 12 hours and, and um, you know, go to Indonesia or go to Qatar or somewhere and not be with people. I'm very introverted. So I like to have my own space and, Actually, I kind of find a little bit of a happy place when I'm in that travel environment. And it's like air world or travel world. And it's like its own kind of country in a way. And I like that. Huh. Cool. Is there any, any countries or cultures that you've felt the most resonant with? Mm, most resonant with? Well, um, you know, we talked. We we're talking about West Africa a little bit. Um, I really liked Ghana and Liberia. I don't know if I'd want to live there, you know, for the rest of my life. It's, it's a very different culture than Western culture from what I'm used to, but definitely, you know, found a lot of joy in that context and culture. Um, love going to Australia every year. I would definitely live in Australia. Um, but I, I also, I love, I love travel. I love going to Asia. I love seeing like what life is like for people in Cambodia or Laos. Uh, I love just the process of exploration and discovery and maybe making myself uncomfortable and seeing what I can learn along the way. Yeah. There's a, I, I don't know if you're familiar with uh, Joseph Campbell, there's a book, uh, Reflections on the Art of Living, I believe is how it's mm -hmm. called. And that was a book that I read in this last trip. I spent the winter cruising all over Europe and, and throughout, yeah. throughout Morocco and such. And one of the things that was really, really important to me that I got out of that book was, was uh, really finding a, a sacred symbolic space for yourself. And the analogy that he uses is like, I've seen in India, guys just have a circle around themselves and like they just drew out with a stick and like that was their, mm, their sacred meditative space. And it's interesting. like, that's something, I think it's so easy when you're traveling to mm -hmm. get twisted and pulled and now I'm here and now I'm at this hustle, now I'm sleeping on the beach, you know, and it's just like, I am one with the environment, but maybe you wanna maintain some integrity with that ego with that that thing that you're creating mm. is there anything that you kind of discover with yourself of maintaining chris while mm. traveling yeah that's interesting i like the concept of the circle and the stick uh, yeah. i thought about that before because sometimes i've been around like lots of people like in india or somewhere but i have still felt 
I still felt like alone and not in a bad way, you know, but just like I have my own like space and I have my presence and you, you, you can be alone in, lo- in a space of a lot of people. Um, you could be, you know, content if you're completely by yourself. So I don't know if I have like a great story or anecdote about that, but um, I, I do like that. I do like the concept of having that space in the sacred, sacred zone. Yeah. And so it's it's amazing thing that I've noticed because I am regularly doing interviews, you know, mm-hmm. and and every once in a while someone wants to talk to me on, on their thing, you know, it's like yeah. so I get to have this very distinct experience of saying like, when am I the most truest expression of me? And what mm-hmm. I found that when I when I did certain interviews on other people's shows while I was mm-hmm. traveling and I was like living out of a, you know my backpack. I wasn't always the sharpest. It was like it was. Uh-huh. I was in this different place. Sure, sure. I was discovering other parts of me, and yeah. the part that maybe the person was looking for—self mm-hmm. care, movement, foam rollers, all right. whatever—I was like, right. uh, I'm really good with the ocean right now. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe it's just a, just the context of your environment or your experience or your tra- travel is very disruptive, yeah. you know, both physically and, and emotionally and spiritually. So, you know, like you said, you're learning some other stuff. You're experiencing something different. Yeah. Totally. You don't have all your talking points down. That's normal. Like I don't really have talking points either. And but I also feel like I like I just had this book out and I did a thirty city tour and did a lot of media in different places. And it was like a it was kind of a random thing because I don't I didn't know what the variable was in when I did a good job and when I didn't. You know, like I would do a show or something and I would be like, Yeah, I feel like I actually spoke really well. And I would go right into another one and be very disappointed in myself. And I'm like, What what is that thing? Like why what did I do differently? And I, I actually have no idea what it was. Yeah. Yeah. That's the it's that that recipe that I've been looking for in in myself is is trying to find like what is the perfect amount of matcha tea and chaga mushrooms, you know, or whatever, whatever it is. Uh, is there, have you experienced something again that I've, I've experienced with traveling is a lot of kind of like uh, you call you use the term radical a lot in your books, which I think is just beautiful because that's what we need is being willing to go above and beyond what we think is acceptable. Cause that's usually where that's where the, that's the gold's at. But I've experienced pretty radical loneliness mm. before. Mm. Where I just feel it's like tangible, yeah. like I could yep. bite into it almost mm. feeling. Mm-hmm. Did you ever, when you're I out do, I frequently do. It's not like past tense. Yeah, I know I often sure. feel lonely, and yeah. it's a complicated thing because um, lonely, loneliness can be sad for sure. And there's also value in it for sure. And so, yeah, it's like, you know, there, there are levels to it and stages to it and, you know, depths and. I think loneliness helps us to to focus on on ourselves and to say, okay, what is it that we need? Yeah. What can we offer? Yeah. What's going on right now? Like maybe I have immersed myself in all these different projects, but I still feel kind of like something's missing. So what can I do to alleviate that? Or do I just need to accept and embrace and see what comes of that? That's kind of what I'm learning a little bit about now is acceptance because there's some things that even if I would like to change them, I can't. Yeah. So. And that's very that's that's kind of a new thing for me because, you know, I, I'm very practical and proactive and I like to work hard and so I'm really good at fixing things. Yeah. And when it's there's something that I can't fix, then that's like the the only solution is acceptance. Yeah. And I don't know how to do that, so I'm working on it. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, more Joe Campbell. He didn't say this exactly, but something along the lines of, in order to get the treasure, you have to go into the fire, you know, and you have to like be willing. And that's what I, I witness oftentimes is I feel like we kind of stand at the edge of ourselves. We never really like throw ourselves into us. 
You know, it's always kind of this like, oh, maybe oh, I'm a little uncomfortable. Oh, I'll throw a blanket on. Oh, it's a little, oh, no, no. you know, and immediately are trying to escape that feeling of, of really, this is my visceral self here. And I think those, those times of loneliness, there's almost this compound effect of like, I shouldn't be lonely because thou, I, I, I see that as being an uncomfortable feeling, mm. a socially unacceptable feeling. I'm mm. outside of the tribe. Now it's worse. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm not too concerned about the socially unacceptable part of things because, you know, I mean, that's life. And if you're going to follow a dream, then it's not going to be acceptable to people. But, you know, for me, the more concern is like, okay, my inner self, like, am I okay, basically? Like, what, what, what interaction do I need? What engagement do I need? Um, or do I just need to, you know, keep being alone or whatever? And that's, that can be okay, too. What, do you, what have you done the last time you were feeling radical loneliness or whatever? Mm. That's, that's my, my word. But what, what... Radical loneliness. Um, hmm. I don't know. What, I don't know what have I done. I don't know if I've tried to find a prescription for it. I don't know if I have like, okay, I'm lonely, so I need to undertake this activity. Um, I usually just kind of wait and eventually it, eventually it passes. You ever tried psychoactives? What's that? Have you ever tried any psychoactive substances? Psychoactive. Mar marijuana, mushrooms, things yeah, like that Yeah, I mean, I've, I've tried marijuana. I haven't tried like mushrooms or anything else. Okay. Um, ever try it in relation to times of loneliness? Just curious. It's okay if you don't want it. If it's like no, I'm trying to think. About. No, no, I don't mind talking about. It. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I don't. I'm not like a frequent user, so I, I don't. I haven't. Um, I don't know if I've like been lonely and like okay, I want to like, you know, smoke some pot or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> I've I have found. Should, that is that is that the idea? Is that what, that's what I should do? Uh, maybe i have so I've found during those those times that um, it's. For me, it's been a really helpful time of, of turning that feeling of, oh my God, I'm loneliness, I'm disassociated, I'm detached from the thing and I'm floating out in the space to, yeah. wow, this is very interesting. You know, okay. to, it, it's just, sure. it's been this really interesting transition. And then I end up doing a lot of writing and I'll kind of write okay. stuff on the wall or whatever it is. And it's like just changing, you know, stoic philosophy, your perception is everything. It's not the event, it's the perception thereof. And so, I don't know. It's, All right, I'll, I'll give it a try. Well, give you know. it a try. Um, well, cool, man. When do you come back to uh, to Oregon? Are you on like full travel mode right now? Oh no, actually, I'm actually in Oregon most of the time now. I just finished the 30 city book tour, so I'm in California at the moment when we're recording this. But that's just I'm just down here for a day, and then uh, uh, I'll be back soon. And I don't know. I've got some more travel. I'm in a, I'm always traveling. I'm home about half the time and traveling half the time. And then we have the summit coming up, so I'll be I'll be in Oregon a lot more. You know, as that approaches. Awesome, man. Um, so we're out of time, which is is a sad, sad, sad face for me. But uh, how do people find more about your work and and get the book and all that? Well, we packed a lot into it. It's been a great conversation. So I'm happy for people to uh, learn about me or the book if they want to. Uh, it's bornforthisbook.com. You can learn about the new book. Uh, or I'm Chris Gillibo on all social, chrisgillibo.com. Cool, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate the, the time. Awesome, man. Thank you. Yeah, really fun conversation. Thank you, Aaron. Align Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. I greatly appreciate your comments and your shares in iTunes. They determine the ranking and the visibility of the show, and they make me smile. So I look forward to reading those guys. Be sure to check out the website, aligntherapy.com. That's A-L-I-G-N therapy.com. On there, you can find my blog. You can find this podcast, more information about the topics and the 
and the uh, guests that we've had on the show. You can find hundreds of absolutely free instructional videos on self-care, functional movement, how to get strong, how to get fast, how to get exactly what you want out of your body as well. Be sure to check out the self-care kit where it is as small enough to fit underneath the seat in your car. And it's like a physical therapist and massage therapist all wrapped up into one package. I know you guys are going to love the website. I know you guys are going to get a lot of value out of it. And I look forward to hearing your comments. All right. Bye. Thank you for listening. And remember to join the movement by subscribing to the podcast. If the information has been helpful, please share and leave your comments in iTunes. Aaron personally reads each one and it makes all the work worthwhile. Together, we will make a difference and continue to bring more powerful and inspiring messages to the world. Align Podcast. Say you saw